Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Grey's Academy, the world's greatest and favoritest Grey's Anatomy podcast. You have your lovely hosts. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey and it is a beautiful night for a podcast and we are dumb because we, and by we, because this is not on Carmen, this is only on me. Um, I forgot that season five is a two-part opener that aired together, which exactly is what season four closer was. And what did we do? We split up the closer and now we're splitting up the opener and we're releasing the two parts that don't go together together because this is our podcast and we do what we want, but also because I'm stupid. (laughs) And we're big fans of chaos in this. uh, (laughs) That is true. I do thrive on chaos. So Um, it is, yeah, (laughs) it it is funny because, so we finished this podcast and I get like two voice memos back to back from Kelsey and she's like, Hey, so I'm dumb. And I'm like, (laughs) my immediate thought process is you didn't hit the record button for your (laughs) recording program. And now I have to like edit this a lot with the, with the Zencaster tracks. And then the second one was just you just saying that these air together, it's a part one and a part two or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's like, there, there's worse things that could happen. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I just think it's funny that it happened with the season four finale. And then now again with the season five opener. So good. So good. Everything is awesome. Um, but we're going to get right into it. We're just going to do this, even though yes. uh, it's going to stop in the middle on a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's um, okay. Before we before we jump too far into this, we yeah. one of the beautiful things about podcasting is it is a very specific community of podcast content creators. And we've been very fortunate that not only are there a lot of people in our lives who do podcasts and we try to um, you know, share the promos around as best we can, but uh, Kelsey has a personal friend. Uh, uh, someone who has a podcast and we were just discussing some, some promo swaps. So Kelsey, why don't you introduce us to your friend and tell us about the promo that we're going to have here for this episode. Yes. So this podcast is called hate Spinnerbait, and it's very niche. It's a podcast for a specific author. So this author's name is Sarah Dessen and she's written many, 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 many books. Um, and my friend, Michael Ann, who I met when I was worked at Disney, we were actually roommates for a good while. Um, and we are huge Gilmore girl fans. We talk about Gilmore girls all the time. We both have it on constantly. Um, we talk about it a lot. And, but she recently started a podcast, uh, Sarah Dessen podcast, cause Sarah Dessen was one of her favorite authors growing up. Um, and so she and one of her friends do a Sarah Dessen podcast where they go through all the books chapter by chapter and talk about all the characters and all the shenanigans. And she has even through this endeavor started talking to Sarah Dessen, the author, and I believe they have plans to have her on the show for an interview. But here is that promo. Hi, I'm Michael Ann. And I'm Bethany. And we're the hosts of Hate Spinnerbait, a Sarah Dessen podcast. Just like Isabel and Coley, we met working at a restaurant and became fast friends. So over the summer, when I decided I absolutely needed to reread all of Sarah Dessen's novels in chronological order and make a podcast, I immediately agreed to join. As someone who brought several Dessen books as props for my senior photos, I couldn't think of a more perfect podcast. And Hate Spinnerbait is the only Sarah Dessen podcast out there. So if you're an old or new fan of Dessen's novels... You'll enjoy going to Lakeview and Colby with us as we discuss themes, so wound-worthy moments, and our favorite characters. But mostly, it's us marveling at Sarah Dustin's talent. She's an icon. 
You can find new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. At Hate Spinnerbait, a Sarah Dessen podcast, we hate spinnerbait. But we love Sarah Dessen. And we are back. Thank you for those wonderful words. While you were explaining to all of us about who Sarah Dessen is, uh, I was looking her up. And uh, many, many books, many, 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 many books. Yeah. So there's there's one of the things that uh, just came up that it's what are, what's the order I should read Sarah Dessen's books in? Mm-hmm. And then they have the order of publication. And yeah, there's a lot of books out there. Uh, but it's it's interesting because that's like that's like a Star Wars thing. What order should I watch Star Wars in? Yeah, so Sarah Dessen, <laughs> you already have my heart a little bit. I know nothing about you, but you have my heart here. So, um, so yeah, if you're a fan of Sarah Dessen, if you read that in your youth, please uh, go down that go down that journey with her and her friend Bethany. So yes, thank you Wonderful. so much, Michael Ann. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. And Kelsey, I appreciate you for sharing that with us. Oh, thank you so much, Carmen. I appreciate you for editing in the promo. <laughs> you know, I do what I can. All righty, let's talk. Gareys. Crazy, crazy. Um, this episode is the first episode of the fifth season. We did it. We're in season five. We have arrived in season five. Uh, as long as it has taken to go down, as long as it's taken, it really does feel like we just started episode one I know. yesterday. I'm like, I'm like, it has not been almost a year and a half, but it has. Yeah. It's it has it's been a wild wild journey and we cannot thank all of our listeners enough and before we do jump into the rest of this uh this intro here make sure if you haven't hit that like follow five star subscribe button wherever you listen leave a five star review on apple Podcasts. click that five star button on spotify and make sure to follow us on instagram at gray's academy pod follow uh the twitter page at gray's academy pod make sure to send kelsey an email at gray's academy pod at gmail.com follow kelsey's instagram page at chaotically kelsey and follow my instagram page at carmen.gabriel.official for all of the latest shenanigans and some behind the scenes footage from our stories when we can with that i am done talking until no, five seconds from now because this episode is called dream a little dream of me and that's a song and i am back with talking more <laughs> from carmen <laughs> uh man luckily we do podcasts and we love to fucking talk so dream a little dream of me is a song from 1931 it is uh, a song with music written by fabian andre and wilbur schwant and lyrics by gus khan so this was recorded in 1931 but it has a, a, a billion of versions of this it feels like it's just like the song yesterday where it mm-hmm. has so many covers right there's so many covers yeah. of this song now the most popular uh cover of this song comes from the mamas and the papas and that's the version specifically that uh was cited i'm assuming from one of the blogs that you read here kelsey is yes. that correct mm-hmm. yes uh so kelsey very kindly sends me all of these these songs before the episode comes on so dream a little dream of me this specific mamas dream and papas version Perfect. Are you? I thought the Ella Fitzgerald one was the more famous one. Is it Dream a Little Dream of Me or Mamas and I don't Papas? Know. I feel like the Mamas and the Papas is the more is the more popular one. But oh, okay. there there's other very notable covers that have done it. I I did not see an Ella Fitzgerald cover of that. Michael oh. Bublé did one. <laughs> no, that's not who I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, 
Anyways, so this was released uh, in April 1968 from the album, uh, which was self-titled "The Mamas" or "The Papas and the Mamas," and with the lead vocals by Cass Elliot from the group. Now, this song actually had a lot of commercial success for them, and it was the last major charting uh, hit for these guys. It had peaked at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100, as well as hitting number two on the easy listening chart in the UK. It reached number 11 and in Ireland, it hit number 13. The only other place that it was able to hit uh, another top 10 was in South Africa where it hit eight, except for having a long track at number one in Australia for four weeks. So uh, very impressive and Australia clearly loves this song but anyways with that i will tell you this song is good i would give it a an intern a two out of five it's not Mm -hmm. terrible uh but i would also not be downloading this it did not make it to carmen's itunes library itunes library and i listened to this after i had a chance to watch the episode and the dreaming part makes more sense after the first like five minutes of this episode, which was a <laughs> wild roller coaster for me. We'll get into that in a second. Uh. <laughs> Fucking damn. But anyways, that's what I got for the song. Dream a little dream of me. Your beard Mama's is very bottles. floofy. It looks fluffier than it did earlier today. Did well, it's you because floof I've been, it out? Yeah, I've been doing this all day, you know, like just... Yeah. You, yeah. I can tell you're like Santa Clausing your beard. I need to I need to trim it tonight. Like it is bad. I feel like a hobo. <laughs> it just like it looks it's just so straight out when you do that. It's funny. Okay. Yeah. This episode was written by the one, the only, the queen, the Shonda Rhimes herself, and directed by our best friend Rob Korn. Go off, King. <laughs> no cap. Uh This episode was airing September 25th, 2008, to an audience of 18.29 million views. And this is the Netflix synopsis. Derek agrees to move in with Meredith, who airs her concerns to Christina. Okay. There's a lot of else going on. A lot of other stuff. (laughs) Like... Like just a a bunch of people in a, in limousines. Yeah, I will say the first the first two minutes and the last twenty seconds of this show is just banana sandwich, just <laughs> fucking wild. Okay, so if you listened to the episode yesterday, which if you yeah. haven't, just go fucking listen to that right now because this yeah. shit's gonna make a lot more sense if you listen to that episode first. So in the episode previous, the season four finale, Carmen went on a little tiny tangent about how. Shonda was going to kill Derek. He was going to get in a car wreck on his way to break up with Rose and he was going to die. And Meredith was going to be devastated and ruined for the rest of all the time. (laughs) When he watched it, he said that and Jessica said, Carmen, that's stupid. That's not going to happen. And then he watched this episode and for about two and a half minutes, he really thought he was a genius. (laughs) He was texting me that he was so proud of himself and he was like, so couldn't believe how right he was. And then Meredith wakes up. So what was first off? I'm just going to read this. I'm going to read this in all in all caps. This is this is over the course of 
legit two minutes. <laughs> At 4.39 p.m. in all caps, I am so fucking incredible, to which you responded, ha, 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 all caps. I did a good job not, I, not reacting when you said it None. last episode. <laughs> None. So, and then at 4.40, I respond. I said, this shit is too fucking easy. I own Shondaland. <laughs> and all Kelsey says was okay. And then one minute but later, I, I said. <laughs> this is how I said it. Okay. Because I knew what was about to happen. And then one minute later, I just text her and I go, fucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was rolling. I was. So. I wish I had been there to experience that. The, the crazy thing is, is I was telling Jessica this when she got home and she completely forgot about the dream. Oh, so she wasn't trying to throw you off. No, she, she forgot like, about You're that. Stupid. Yeah. What? So, okay. When I was telling you that last, this, this early episode earlier today, hours ago, yeah. how did you hold this all in? How did okay. you keep a straight face? So this is what's really great is because last night when I was finishing the end of season four, Michael was like in there for the last like five minutes, the whole candle house and everything. And I was like, he's not a big fan of grace. He doesn't like it. It's not his taste of, of shows. Um, but I was like, can I just show you this next scene, the way that the next episode starts? And he was like, yeah. And so I, I said, I have vivid memories of watching this finale or this season opener live and being like, what is fucking happening? So I showed it to him and Meredith like wakes up and he was like, yeah, there was no way. And I was like, well, yeah, but like still <laughs> like they're not, I, I, they don't really do dream sequences on this show. So this was kind of like out of left field. Um, they really, they had like the death scene and then like, like dead Denny, but they haven't really done like dream sequences. So, but I remember watching it. So you, and the fact that I even made Michael be like, look at this, this is a wild thing that they did in 2008. So long ago. And, and then you're talking about it. I was like, that would be wild. It, <laughs> but it's like, it's like the best of both worlds. Like she gets to do the big twist, but like doesn't actually have to have it have any consequences. She twilighted us. Mm hmm. Also so fucking weird that they did that. I what the twilight or, or yeah, Shonda? Because it's not in the books. I do remember. They just did it. Yeah. I remember that being a big <laughs> outrage for people. So Jessica was big into those series and they typically came out like around her birthday. Yeah. So while we were dating, that was like our birthday tradition was going to see the new Twilight movie. And I actually didn't hate them. The first one kind of sucked. But once they started bringing in all the werewolves into it, I was like, OK, this is pretty dope. And when they had that scene where it was uh, like a flashback and yeah. or they flashed it all back and all of it was nothing, mm -hmm. I stood up in the theater and I was like, what? And I haven't <laughs> read the books. I don't know what happens. But Jessica like was mortified and she said, Carmen, sit down right now. And I was like, this is but crazy. Good, but that's like good film making. But like it's yeah. just annoying when it's when there's source material. Like, why did you do that? I don't know. I have mixed feelings about book to movies situations. Yeah. But the it, point is to was, elicit a response and it did. It sure did. It sure did. But anyways, yeah, I, I'm glad that she did that. I'm glad that she had her cake and ate it too, because really I want did. you to know, what was that? She really did. She really did. I genuinely, if it would have happened, I would have been upset that I was right. Yeah. 
But I would have also been like, dang, Shonda, no one is fucking safe in your universe. And I respect the drip, Karen. <laughs> On God. On God, that Riz is okay. 10 out of 10. Um. So, yes, that was how this started for Carmen. Um. So <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Well, um, I even wrote in here. That she, so she's talking about all the fair, fairy tale stuff. And I said, OK, but Derek still isn't here. <laughs> and my my quotes, my quotes in here were all caps. I fucking knew it. Seven exclamation points. Derek is dead. Period. Oh, well, fucking damn it. He is alive. <laughs> Those are my notes. Um, so, yeah, this episode is weird. Um, so let's also keep in mind that the last one we watched aired in May and this one aired in September. So you have like a bit of a cooling off period, whereas what we've done yeah. is not what was done um so it's it's just weird watching them like this but i guess let's just start with derek and meredith yeah that's fine um so derek it it did not die but meredith is having repeated dreams about him dying which i feel like isn't good but i don't know that it means that like they shouldn't be together yeah, this so I don't think we could talk about Derek and Meredith without talking about Christina because Christina mm-hmm. was w- weirdly unsupportive of Meredith in this episode. Mm-hmm. And and not in a sense that I wish the reveal would have been it's hard for me to listen to this because I'm alone. I would have hated that. <laughs> I'm I'm saying to me that would have made more sense with the current arc that she's on. She's coming out of I think a healing process from the Burke thing. I'm not saying that I would have enjoyed it. I'm saying it would have made sense. Does that does that mm. do you understand where I'm coming from? I feel like it wouldn't make sense for her character. Okay. Well, I feel like with all of the growth that Meredith has, there's got to be some growth for Christina. Yeah, but I don't feel like there's anything wrong with being like how many times do we have to fucking watch you Get back together and break up and get together and break up and get together and break I, up and get together. I and understand I mean, what she's I saying. Empathize with her. I also do. But she, we see all episode where Christina is smitten over this army guy. Well, she and I hot. thought, yeah, I get it. Obviously, the dude has a thing about him. I get it. He staples his own leg. I get it. <laughs> It was I very reminiscent where, of Mark suturing his own face, which she yes. also said turned her on. Yes. All I'm saying is that Christina, I don't know why is she, I don't think that she should be telling Meredith, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? She's because this is different. The The thing is, is in this moment, she has gone through a long uh, journey through therapy it's different than before. But how much of that before. does Christina know? Because she didn't even know she was in therapy for a little bit. Meredith The writers know. The writers know. Okay. But how much write, does Christina know? <laughs> then get, then write a chance for, for Meredith to tell Christina that. Well, maybe that's what they're doing. Not anymore. Christina's dead. My prediction is Christina <laughs> dies. <laughs> You're right. My bad. Actually, it is kind of crazy. How much are they going to put Christina through? First, her uterus explodes, and now she's got a gigantic icicle into her stomach. Also, she was left at the altar. Also, she was Burke's hand, and then he won the Harper Avery and didn't give her any credit. Yeah, it's true. It's, she's 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 had a journey too. She needs some therapy. She does, but everybody does. 
Um, it's true. Uh, <clears throat> so yes, I am. I like, I don't care for like the eye rolling and everything, but like her ultimate argument of like, we have done this. Like I'm tired. <clears throat> also what sets her off at the end is when, I mean, she literally is like, I almost killed somebody in surgery. So she's essentially like, there are real problems in the world. And you're like, incessant and infinite circle of breaking up and getting back together is not one of them. Um, and so I think I understand like the reaction and like the way she presents it is not the best, but like, I don't disagree with what she's with the overall situation of like, it's annoying sitting around just like waiting for you to break up again. I don't know. I I mean, I get what you're saying, too. And also, you have the benefit of hindsight. And also, Christine is your favorite character. So you don't you don't you don't see anything she does as wrong, which I respect. That's untrue, because last season I was saying I, she was, was doing things say wrong. The, ca- the caveat, the caveat was when she was in a weird, weird spot being mean to uh, everyone <laughs> <laughs> for for no reason. But my my point is, I think, well, I guess I shouldn't say my point is, my personal thought is, I actually am glad now. I'm happy for Derek and Meredith in this exact moment. And me as the viewer, I will agree with you, my hindsight is different than Christina's because Christina doesn't know too much about the therapy. We don't see a lot of on-screen dialogue between Meredith and Christina about this. But uh, I think for me, I can I can finally be in a spot where I'm rooting for them a little bit because I see that Meredith has has turned a corner and she's she's working towards his progression. Derek still needs to. He's got a long way to go. But I do see there being some growth like we talked about last last episode. Right. And I'm not uh, disagreeing on like the Derek and Meredith side, but like I just see where Christina's coming from. And I would just like really hate if all of a sudden they were like, I can't listen to you be happy because I'm alone when that's so like far removed from her priorities and like her character just in general to be like hanging everything she has on being in a relationship. I can agree to that, that I can, I can, I can see your point on that. Um, anyways, so yes, Christina's annoyed at Meredith. And I mean, also though, they kind of do write Meredith annoying in this episode. (laughs) Like just like the nonstop chatter about it. And multiple times Christina's like, Hey, like, I don't want to talk about this. And Meredith like, doesn't hear it. She's like, just talking to continue talking. Um, and specifically at one point she's like, he's chatty. And I'm like, like, like you are doing like you are incessantly (laughs) doing like this. Is that what you mean? So I don't know. The Um, only one who really gives into it is Izzy at one point. And she's like, let's talk about this. Let's do it. Um, so yes, Derek and Meredith are together. Uh, I don't know if it said specifically how long it's been, but it's been, I want to say like at least a week. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was a, a yesterday thing because we get that that scene with Mark and Derek and Rose where she yeah, completely ignores him. Delayed rage, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was something else too that they had talked about, but um, yeah, I I don't know how long it's been, but Meredith is like saying she's going to ask Derek to move in with her because she wants to take steps and like lean into like the good things and like maybe get the happily ever after and all this different stuff and. Um, you know, again, she's, she's making forward progress, which we love to see. Um, 
but there's also kind of like it's almost like she's doing it because she's like well this is just what's next and i'm like do you want it or not do you want it or are you just doing it because you think you should do it i just feel like it's weird yeah there isn't a ton of why behind it and i don't well no because i'm having a hard time remembering they they weren't living together but they were together a lot and they had Mm. that conversation of like i think he slept over at her place all the time Mm -hmm. but they weren't living together right like he didn't have like a drawer and nothing like that i mean and he always had his own place like he always had the airstrip in the land yeah, and there was a lot of stemming from the conversation. She was she was kind of spiraling a little bit because of the, uh, you know, I'm going to be Mrs. Doctor Shepherd, and yeah. I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna have a house and kitchen and kids and the, the land and blah 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 and chatty good haired kids, you know, perfect haired <laughs> yeah. kids or whatever. So, I do I do think it's funny to mention that. There's a lot of these weird par- – there's always parallels with the patients, right? But the, the yeah. parallels which at which they choose to lean into with the limousine mm-hmm. crash and the spiral that Meredith has after that of, well, after 40 years, doesn't that mean something? Or after 40 years, I'm just going to cheat on you, your, your husband with you, Christina. Like, what do you think of that? Yeah. It was – I don't know. It, it didn't – the writing in this particular episode was a little bit weird to me. Well, it was also like, okay, so how easy is it for her to find some new thing to be afraid of? Which was like the issue before was like she was looking for reasons not to trust. She was looking for Derek to do things to to not trust him. And now she's looking for other people basically to find reasons that like it's not going to work or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's a little I'm kind of with the Christina on the will they won't they. But I'm also with you on like the okay. it does seem different this time. So. Yeah, I don't know. I truly don't like remember the resolution of this episode. If I'm being honest, me either. If it makes you feel <laughs> better. Yes. So I know there's a lot of other things with this particular with like Meredith and the storyline because it's just so. This was also like I I was having a hard time writing notes because everything was so intertwined in this episode. Also. I couldn't keep all of the people straight with the limousine. Yeah. Crash, I but. had to like finally sit down and like pull up IMDB and be like, okay, which one is who now? Yeah. But all of this starts like before we get into the limousine crash, all of this explodes because apparently there's new rankings for mm-hmm. the teaching hospitals in the country. Yes. And they were previously ranked number two. And who was number one? Uh, Mayo. Okay. And they're like, man, well, yeah, there's a possibility we jump to number three or we get, we get bumped down to number three. And then it ends up they're out of the top 10. They're number 12. Yeah. And that spirals everything out of control for Weber, for Bailey, for yeah. Han, for Christina, for everyone. Everyone's pissed off at this. But I don't fully understand the explanation. So how do they rank these kind of things? Do you know how they rank I don't the teaching know, hospital even situation? if this is a real thing. Um, um well that would make sense i guess ranking the hospitals ranking of teaching hospitals around the country i have no idea if they're taking that like from like the intern test exams plus like the mortality rate of the hospital like i have no idea how they would be ranking that but now they're also dropped to a level two trauma center like 
that feels like not related enough to pull that. Yeah. And well, and then George asks Weber and he's like, oh, it's just details. I don't need to know. That's fine. (laughs) So we don't actually let Weber like George's character doesn't let Weber actually explain why that happened. Yeah. But the limousine crash that comes here is not from ambulances delivering people, which they are waiting outside, which is funny up until it got weird. It's so funny. It's a funny scene. And it's Alex weirdly puts. Yeah. <laughs> who said who said uh who said the line are you okay with or is god okay with that or what is it uh, izzy says and you and god are okay with that <laughs> and Bailey goes damn it i forgot about god <laughs> yeah she is so so funny but they're out there just freezing waiting for these waiting for an ambulance to come up and it's not an ambulance it's a fucking limousine swerving around with yeah these ladies and a guy who flew through the window yeah. Poor Billy. R.I.P. So walk um, me through all of these all of these characters in this this episode because okay, this, first this of is all, wild. Do you me. know who Bernadette Peters is? Like, did you no. recognize any of these people? No. Okay, so Bernadette Peters was the one with the the cut on her face and the really curly red hair. Okay. Yes. This woman is like very, very famous. Okay. Um, specifically in like the musicals, like been on Broadway, one Tony's like she was in like the, the musical movie, Annie, um, like Bernadette Peters is a very famous person. So it was like a okay. big deal that she would had a guest spot on this show. Okay. I don't know who she is, but okay. Um, and also I love the name Bernadette. And sometimes I think if I have another girl, I might use it. Um, Bernie for short. I mean, maybe didn't they call, um, the girl on the girl on oh my god big bang theory her name was bernadette who the Which one? um the one that howard marries oh yeah 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 anyways um so bernadette peters is very famous but i wasn't sure if she was the famous that you would know <laughs> did you ever see no. the movie version of annie i don't think i saw any version of annie that's I think insane to me. the closest thing to Annie that I saw was the it's a hard knock life rap from Austin Powers that Dr. Evil and Minnie me do. That's the closest I've gotten. Well, that's not quite the same. Oh, OK. So Bernadette Peters, red curly hair, married to Michael. Okay. Her name is Sarah Beth. Sarah Beth is married to Michael. And is Michael the paralyzed guy or the Michael is pen in the trait pen in the pen, th- pen in the throat guy. Got it. Phil, paralyzed man, is yes. married to Anna, Got who it. is the one having the affair. Yes. And then Betty, who forgets everything, is married to Vincent, who Got Christina it. almost killed in surgery. Got it. So that is the pairing of the three. But it is very difficult to keep track. Um, so the three women were in the car with the driver because they take separate limos because their husbands always smoke cigars in limos and they don't want to smell it, which is like, this seems normal. Like whatever. Also like girl time, guy time. Like that's just nice to have. Like I understand it. Didn't think anything We've twice of it. We've done that before. <laughs> Not right. even in limos. Right. Um, so also I could go for a cigar now. I get a cigar. Uh, yeah, we do love a cigar. Um, so then they drive there because they 
spun out on black ice and Billy like went through the windshield. And then they find out their husbands were also in a crash, but they're being taken by ambulance to Mercy West, which is another hospital in the area. That was your fault. That's my um, fault. Sorry. Podcast you on. Uh, but they find out cause Bailey's just like standing on the phone, listening to dispatch. And, um, so they basically redirect the ambulances there because the wives are already there. You can insist on it. We insist. We do insist. <laughs> and Weber's like, uh, did you just steal this from Mercy West? And she's like, uh, they insisted or whatever. <laughs> she's like, I don't so, know what you're talking about. And he's like, good work. Good, good, good work. job. Um, he's taking this whole, this whole thing really hard. He's not in a good spot. He's spiraling. Um, so then everyone's doing poorly. It's not good for anybody, right? Betty can't remember anything. Anna's really the only one that seems unscathed. And then um, Sarah Beth has lots of scratches, but she's like, George will not let George touch her. She's like, only plastic surgery. Which this is not the first time we've seen that on this show. Yeah, no. And I'm like kind of on her side. As someone with a face, I'm kind of on her side. Yeah. Luckily for us podcasting means that our faces are our money makers mm-hmm. we've got faces for radio we do except for me i'm great yeah i'm a model i mean we do have faces for tv too which yeah and we'll, film. Get, we'll get there win, we'll get there someday. Win, some, win me some oscars yeah maybe we'll get so famous that we can be on Grey's anatomy because it will still be on well, maybe what they'll do is they'll do like a, a George Lucas thing where they'll redo extended cuts and they'll just CGI us in to old oh, episodes. Delightful. I'll be yeah. dying in the background. I'll be making out with Izzy. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Betty needs surgery. But the boys, the men come in and they all like have to have surgery, like way more pressing than any of the ladies. So, um. They have the pen in the throat. What did you think about the pen in the th- trach? Uh, I, I wasn't, I thought that was cool. That was very cool. The army guy, I don't understand his, his so? storyline. <laughs> the the, the storyline here, I, I'm excited to see how this plays out because I have no idea who this guy is. And I think him and Christina are going to have sex. <laughs> but I I feel like we've seen stuff like this before. They did a pen in the trach in, or a pen in the throat tracheotomy in The Good Doctor. I think it was in like mm-hmm. literally the pilot episode of The Good Doctor. In Lost, they do it with a straw. Mm, actually, yeah. it might be a pen. It might be a pen. It's either a, a pen straw, or a straw. I don't think is a straw is probably not strong enough. Well, you would have to have a scalpel. But they do it in. I think House does something like this. They do something like this in New Amsterdam. I'm sure. So. Would this have been a shocker in 2008? Yes. Am I shocked in 2023? No. Yeah. Um, so the guy's name is Owen Hunt. And yeah, he's um, like very abrasive. Like there's like you've traked him with a pen and he just goes, so. Okay. Just a yes or no would be great. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to confirm. Just trying to confirm what happened here. How um, dare you? He's like very aggressive. Um, so he, yeah, he says he is a major in the army and he is uh, on, he just got back uh, on leave. So he's, I guess, just arrived back to Seattle from, I want to say deployment. So 
2008, we're going to say Iraq, Afghanistan, somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah. He has not yet specified where he was. That's probably but, a safe assumption yeah. if we're going off of like real world events. Yeah. Um, so he's like very, it's just a lot. Who? So you think he's going to have sex with Christina? I think, yeah, I think that they're going to have sex for sure. Uh, that's my, that's my official prediction. It's, it's just weird that he just seems to be everywhere in this episode. And he's inserting his opinion to everything, which is like, I mean, he says that they're his patients because I guess he, he feels because he treated them at the crash site. He is like responsible for them. Um, Mark's not into it (laughs) and neither is Derek. No. Also bad episode for Mark. Kind of didn't like Mark. Yeah. Like really regressive episode. And it's, it's just, it makes you forget that all the nice things that he's done, all the funny moments he's been a part of, not a single one have been with interns. So he really fucking hates interns, especially yeah, George. Why like, are you talking to me? Yeah, that was what to Lexi. So abrasive. Yeah. And then she grows, grows a, a huge backbone. It's like, shut up, dude. Yeah. I'm but then it. George, George does not. George is weird in this episode, too. George, George has, has a little bit of regression. also has like a regression in this episode. It's like weird. Um, and also Lexi was sniffing him. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that was weird. That was, um, okay. So yes, back to the people, they have to go in for the, um, trach guy, but his vocal cords are completely severed. So he cannot talk anymore, which would not be pleasant. That's gotta Um, be definitely one of my worst nightmares. Yeah. I mean you can still communicate but it's definitely way more difficult couldn't sing though no you couldn't sing yeah um and then uh the other one phil has like a spinal cord injury um so he's like okay but he's completely paralyzed um and then that's when owen says uh like you can freeze him and like says some like crazy surgery that they've seen success on and Callie's like kind of intrigued by it and wants to learn more about it. But Derek like shoots it down immediately. Um, so yeah, that's happening. And then, uh, with, with that though, there was, there was this cool moment where the Owen, Owen, right. Owen, you Mm -hmm, said is his name. Owen's like, you really should be up to date on these surgeries. And then Derek was like, uh, here's the fucking thing. I know the surgery. That guy was 20 years old, better physical shape, blah, blah, blah. Like lists off all these things. So I respect that Derek had that ready to go. But I also will say that I've seen the, the frozen hypothermia trick for spinal injuries. They also did this in scrubs. Mm. So I don't understand Derek's apprehension to this, but I do understand that this was a radical surgery, but to yeah. have Owen call Derek out the way he did and to just get put flat on his ass. I was like, okay, yeah. that that's a, That's a good scene, Derek. Good job. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but Callie's like not, she's like kind of into it. And then she goes to the chief about it. And then the chief has like an existential crisis about his age. So he's like, Hey, I'm also old. Do the surgery. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Um, and then it reminded me of when the chief and Mark do that tongue thing 
uh, with that lady. Do you remember that? Yeah, when they're like, old dogs can learn new and, tricks. Yeah, and Derek's like, you had no business doing that or whatever. It felt like that a little bit. Yeah, uh, I agree. And uh, yes, yeah, so in, in the surgery with um, Vincent, that's where like it's going bad. And Christina's like, I don't understand. Like I've done this stitch a bunch of times. And Hannah's like, yeah, but you've only done it on hearts. And Christina's like, yeah. And she's like, it's not the same thing on all the organs. And then she calls out a good point, which is where she's like, for being a teaching hospital, like we're letting these like first and second year residents basically declare their specialties, which I guess typically doesn't happen until later on, which makes sense because they do need to like have like the, the good foundational knowledge. Um, and also like Hans trying to learn and that's kind of where it comes about um, because it could seem like she's being an ass to Christina again, but I don't think that's where it's coming from because she's like, if you're doing it on like the bowel, that's different than the heart. Like the heart is so, so thick. Like it's a muscle. The bowel is less. <laughs> yeah. She was explaining that she was using the, the, instruments she was using were just like completely mangling yeah. this thing yeah just and like that that is a good point i yeah. i didn't think of that what, what were they operating mean, was it the liver I, was it the liver they were operating on i thought it was the liver i think it was originally the liver but there were other problems but i don't know yeah it's anyways it's it's an interesting couple of scenes here because you have Han like basically whoever was like, you need to fucking teach. And then she's like, okay, yeah. well, what do I need to do better? And he dismisses her. Like, yeah, he, he refuses to give her that actual critical feedback because he's upset and sad. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have these funny scenes where she's like, can you tell me why you did this or how you would explain that? Or what about this is bad or what? And she it's it's and she that scene with Bailey is so fucking funny when she's describing the the hematoma hematomas or whatever it is. And And she's like, uh, the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I'm teaching. I'm practicing my teaching. Well, don't do it on me. (laughs) I know. Bailey's so wild. But anyways, yeah. So turning around to be like, who the fuck is she thinks she's talking to? (laughs) So I do, I do think that this is a good episode for Han. She's, I think she really does want to succeed as a teacher. She just doesn't know what it is she's looking for. And yeah. in the the big moment where, you know, maybe a different teacher uses a little bit of empathy, she kind of goes right to you haven't been learning your shit because this hospital isn't forcing you to learn your shit. Yeah, which kind of is like okay, well maybe they their ranking dropped for a reason. You know, again, I don't know how right. they do it if it's based on like some kind of survey or like uh, like adjudication process or whatever. But um, it it does seem like okay, maybe there's a little bit of validity to this. Yeah. So yeah, a good episode for Han. I agree. Um, but I don't really know if we have anything. Oh, uh, just back on the patients a little bit. Um, Bailey and Alex are like, oh, your insurance expires at midnight. Would would not know. In no world do surgeons know anything about your insurance. Right. Absolutely yeah. not. Obviously, for the point of plot, I understand, but like, no. Unrealistic. Um, and so Sarah Beth is like, I don't know, like, I don't handle these things. So like I don't know like what I'm supposed to do. Um so Alex is like kind of trying to help her deal with that or whatever. But so that kind of comes out of nowhere 
and is a surprise for her. And then she says something about like the credit cards being canceled, which like, do they cancel your credit cards or do they just like not let you use them? Like, I, I, I don't really know. That was a weird. And like knowing what I know about the financial situation, like, well, okay, hold on. Now that I'm saying this, I've never had to pay for insurance on my own. I've always had it through a company. Mm-hmm. So if they were paying for insurance through a provider and not doing it through their employer, I don't know how that would work. Or no, I, th- I think it was like a different thing. Her being like, oh, I called the credit card company and the credit cards have been canceled. Like, I thought that was a separate thing from the insurance. I thought that the insurance was paying, being paid with credit cards. Maybe. And maybe it has to do with so. the, the other the girl that he, she's he's cheating on her with. Maybe. I do don't you want to predict it? <laughs> I want to predict that she has been stealing his money and maxing out his credit cards. Incredible. What a true. So friend. the insurance company called the credit card company and said, "You need to cancel <laughs> these credit cards." <laughs> that tracks. That's what I would do if I was insurance. This is America. <laughs> Insurance is designed to solely fuck you over. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, was there anything else with, like, just with the patients? I had a couple other thoughts of the patients, but I think we should take a brief pause okay. for some words from our regional sponsors. What say you? I say I. I. We'll be back after these brief messages. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to be read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amico Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. And we are back. Remember Thank that you, scene? Regional sponsors. And that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean yeah, where she goes, said that. parlay. <laughs> yeah. I want Aww. to ride. I want to ride that ride so bad. I want oh to go God, to Disney. The Disneyland one is so much better, though. Yeah. Ugh, I miss Disney. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, so with the with the patients, I will say uh, the, I, I don't feel like we got a lot of conclusion on a lot of it, obviously, well, yes. because there's a part two. <laughs> but but I, I'm really the, the end scene was really weird because I kind of got this vibe that the one lady knows that her husband's cheating on her with the other lady. 
it was just like weird vibes in that room when she says we're oh, all like, going we're to be all fine. We're all going to be fine. Yeah. It's very ominous. Like she knows that something scandalous is going on. Maybe. I kind of felt like it was more of her like convincing herself. Like we're all going to be fine. I'll figure out why I don't have any money. Yeah. Cause they're obviously like, they seem like pretty wealthy people. Yeah. Wherever they're going, they can take separate limousines and the guys can go smoke in one of them and they, you and know, they've got going ball gowns just laying yeah. around. The other call out that you said where a surgeon would never know anything about the insurance, yeah. a surgeon, and I shouldn't say never, but my opinion is that a surgeon will never say, oh, let me just go ahead and talk to the billing department on your behalf. Yeah. I don't even know they if don't that's have time legal for that. Yeah. That's gotta be a conflict of interest. That's gotta be, there's something else that I wrote in here. There's gotta be something unethical about that. Yeah. I truly have no idea. Um, but you know, good guy, Alex episode. Yeah. Honestly, Although when kind of seems when like we might be going away from that in a moment. Yeah. When, when, uh, he, he was saying you're in a spaceship to the one lady <laughs> kind of felt like that was a bit mean. I mean, but like she won't remember. I get it for 30 like, seconds. Yeah. It's like whatever. I'm in a spaceship. But, um, what? yeah. What did you, what were your Alex vibes in the Alex and Izzy vibes in this one? I think that he either is trying to displace his, his thoughts on the Ava Rebecca situation, mm-hmm. but also maybe, maybe this could have reawakened the thoughts that maybe they, this feelings never went away. Truly. Would you hate that? I because wouldn't hate like it. Five hours ago, you were like, I'm declaring now that they will never, ever, ever be together again, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think I, I think I said, I promise that they will never do. Anything, whatever I, my words were. Uh, I don't know if they did, I, I wouldn't be upset about it. The thing is, is I, you know me, I love love. I love consensual love. If <laughs> it works for them, do it. But I'm not sitting here going, will they, won't they? I will, I will say that even with my mood on Derek and Meredith right now, cooling and being okay, mm-hmm. I still don't feel a will they, won't they like scrubs and friends and psych and all these other shows that I really like. They don't have it. They don't have that it factor for any relationship on this show yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may, they okay. may never will. They, they, they may never have that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they had some vibes like when he gives her the blanket, some vibes when they're in the CT room. And what I also liked was like when she asked how he is and that was like a, mo- a really good moment that I feel like old Alex would have been like, Oh my God, leave me alone. Um, but he was like, no, I'm, I'm really okay. Um, she didn't die. Like, you know, it's not the same as you and Denny, but like, I, he, I love, love that he goes, but thank you for asking. Right. It was kind of sweet. So good. And so like, um, a different, like a different Alex than what we're seeing. Um, but we will take a small break now for everyone's favorite segment. Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. But I did it. Myself. I I was expecting that after the uh, the the little break from our regional sponsors. But yeah, I was but like, you distracted me with Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh. oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But that is you've really given me your adult ADHD today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even feel bad. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Um. So living in Chondaland, we have um two people, one man and one woman. 
one man and one woman. All right. My guess for the woman is Amnesia Lady. Nope. Damn it. All right. Who do we got? Um, Anna. So the one that's having the affair. Dang it. That was my second. That would have been my second choice. And Michael, the one she's having the affair with. Wow. So mm-hmm. John Getz plays Michael. He was in one episode of How to Get Away with Murder, one episode of Scandal, and one episode of Private Practice. That's that's uh, Michael. Michael Getz is the John Getz. <laughs> John Getz. John Getz is the trait the 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 trait guy. Yeah, vocal cords guy. I yeah. feel like I do actually remember him from How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. I feel like he does look familiar. What was the other? What was the lady from? Where was she from? Um, Kathy Baker was in one episode of Private Practice, which we need to start watching. <laughs> Yeah, we really do, because I think we have episode 14 is an actual crossover. You got a little bit so. of time. Is is private practice something that I should really be investing my time in, or can I just put that on and listen to it during my commute? I think you can just listen to it. I mean, I love it. It's not as good as Grace, but it's Addison. Well, that's the thing. Like, I want to, I feel like maybe we need to take some sort of commercial break where we get caught up. Where I just, for two weeks, we don't do grays. And I just sit here and I just, well, maybe not two weeks. Two, <laughs> no, no, maybe we don't do that. Uh, we, we, this is, this is, this would be a lot. That'd be a lot to not do. But I need to figure out a schedule where I can start watching these episodes. The problem is, is I'm so deep into scandal right now that I can't. And like Ted Lasso, the new episode's out tonight, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out Megan, who has finished Scandal. We were talking about it earlier. What? Today. How many seasons is Scandal? Seven? Seven. But the last two are pretty short. They're not full seasons. Six and seven are short seasons. I feel like we might be in season, late season five or early season six. I did. I will say I cheated because I, I was like, when the fuck is this going to happen? I know that there is a an episode where. Annalise is in there, but it's in season seven. Yeah, yeah. I because thought it would have happened. Megan sooner. had not watched How to Get Away with Murder, so she didn't know about the crossover. Well, I knew obviously we saw Olivia in How to Get Away with yeah. Murder. I, I I knew that they would have had her in in as well. Yeah. But yeah. I just didn't know when it was gonna happen. So I did cheat to yeah, look it up. Season, but it's like it's late. late. So yeah, it's late. Um, I just need to know what happens that they call her in. Like what the what possibly could be happening? That they need to call in Annalise. So Annalise is going to the Supreme Court. You watched it. But that wasn't how to get away with murder. Yes. Oh, it's the same. It's the crossover. It's the same. It's an intertwined story. Oh, okay. It's so that's going to be the specific story. Yeah. It's just okay. the Supreme Court. I don't know if you know this. Let me let me educate you. The Supreme Court is in Washington D.C., which is where uh, oh. Scandal is based. So that's a true fact. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so that's something I did not know. Now, is that close to where the filibuster happened? Are they in the same spot? Yes, and also presidents are real. What? <laughs> Bad, just like Fitz. <laughs> um, all Gosh, <laughs> yeah. Um, we were also, texting this is another reason. About- shout out to uh, our friend Alicia because I have her uh, private practice grace crossover email that she sent me. And the issue of the (laughs) 
crossover event is that in Grey's, it's season five, episode 14. And in Private Practice, it's season two. So we have to get through a season and a half of Private Practice to be ready for the crossover that is coming in 14 episodes. Huh. That's a lot. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Shout out, Alicia. We appreciate I need, you. I need, a, I need to make a... I need to take a vacation just to watch this show. <laughs> Seriously, you might just have to like call into work one day. Maybe. And just, just watch private it. practice for 12 hours straight. Um, okay. Back to Grey's Anatomy. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Alex and Izzy. Alex and, and Izzy. And Alex having growth. But then like getting really mad about it. When Meredith knows about it. Did she yeah. say I cried? Because that's a lie. All right, calm down. She didn't say anything about that. All she yeah. said that was that he's a good person. <laughs> and that's apparently offensive now. I am so mad. How dare you call me a good guy? I would never. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> that's not true. I do think Carmen's very good. Hooray! Carmen would do basically anything for people he loves. Yes. Um, Except murder. That's my line. You haven't been offered that yet, so who's to say? Well, here's the thing. I wouldn't physically kill anyone. Mentally, though? May- <laughs> You'd mentally kill them? Yeah. <laughs> That's my job. No, no. I would just put them in a situation where the situation killed them. Oh, like if you if I like drop someone in the middle of the desert and then leave, I'm like, well, I didn't kill them. The, the sun killed did. them. The dehydration killed them. You know, I didn't kill them. The fact Exposure that they were wearing them. the fact that they were wearing cement shoes in the middle of an ocean killed them. Right. That's not on me. I didn't dress them. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, yeah. It's a weird like pivot because I was just like, it's just like, oh, Alex is just good now. He's just like a good, nice person who like can deal with emotions. And then he's like, gotcha. Oh, I just don't busy. understand what he cares. Like, who, what do you care? Yeah. That she said, oh, it's the softer side of Alex. Who cares? Yeah. Again, emotions are not weakness. I don't understand. I will never understand why there's just like so many generations of people who were like men who feel emotions other than rage are weak human beings. That's untrue. Yeah. And also how we have ended up in a lot of poor situations. Wars. Amongst other things. Yes. Yes. So Um, what... Where do we want to pick up with, because I feel like we we talked about a lot of the limousine story, and obviously there's going to be a lot of resolution next episode. There's a lot of mm-hmm. intertwined pieces there. there. What about the Derek and, and Rose situation? Because oh, my God. That was, there's, some, there's some humor in Did you in see that coming? Uh, like, did you think she was going to behave that way? Um, no. <laughs> I, excuse me, I got like a burp that's just like stuck in there. I didn't see her acting as childish as she as she did. So petty and so it, unprofessional. Oh, like, so not, unprofessional. I personally like I I think her feelings are valid and justified. I feel like she's absolutely right to be mad and like hurt by what he did. Um, but like it's it's the it's the workplace. People's lives are on the line. Yeah, there's a time and a place and this ain't it. And there's a difference between what you do in and out of the OR. Like if Mm -hmm. you're talking and you're gossiping to your nurse friends at the nurse station, like that's different than blatantly being kind of an asshole in the middle of a surgery. Like, Oh, Derek, we get it. You changed your mind. Oh, and then all the nurses are juggling two people. Yeah. 
that's your specialty, right? Yeah. It's just like, and, and like, I thought it was maybe going to be a turning point when she's like, I've been acting this way because I'm carrying your baby. And I was yeah, like, what was that for a minute? Did you believe her? I mean, no, they really linger on it. They do. But here's the, here's the thing. There's no, there's no music in the background. And what I found is Grey's really leans into the emotional aspect of music. The silence, mm-hmm. very rarely is there science, is there science, is there <laughs> silence for these big dramatic moments. And I really don't think, because even when, what's his name, Dylan exploded, there was that song that was playing in the background all the way up until the explosion. <laughs> so The music? I, Sorry, go ahead. You finish your thought. And then I'll I was just going to say, I, I knew that there was going to be nothing bad. Ha- like she was lying because there was no music in the background. It wasn't that dramatic. But then she goes, ha, gotcha. I'm going to be a bitch though. Like, so fucking do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, The music at the very beginning. So there's the music, the very powerful music under the dead Derek situation. Um, And then like the hard cut when Meredith wakes up is like so jarring. Like it's this really dramatic swell and she's like screaming and sobbing and like yelling Derek's name. And then she just like pops up and it just like hard cuts out. And the music, it was like very, like it's, uh, it's a lot. It's intense. I mean, it's, for it, sure. I feel like it does its job of like delivering on that moment and like emphasizing to your point, like the dramatic, the dramatics of it all. But yeah, wild. Yeah. The whole Rose thing, uh, uh I just am frustrated because that's not, it's just like not really the character they set her up to be. So it was kind of like frustrating to me. Yeah. Cause um, she, she's this quirky, imperfect person, but you don't really get this vibe that she's spiteful, especially because she knew what she was getting into and the chances. Of, I'm not saying that it's okay. What Derek did. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that it's okay. What, what Meredith did and that they're getting together and all this. You know, because at the end of the day, Meredith made this big romantic gesture while Derek was involved with Rose. Mm-hmm. But she shouldn't be surprised, I guess, is what I'm trying well, to also, say. Also, like, because of the like the way at the end of the other episode, um, like with the whole clinical trial thing, when she's like, congratulations on your major medical breakthrough. It's the stuff of legends. Like, she knows what she's saying. Like. She's saying like, oh, the legend of Derek and Meredith, like they're getting back together. Like he had that thing, um, you know, where he was like, I fail her. Like she can pick up like she's not an idiot. She can pick up on what the hell's going on. I'm surprised she didn't break up with him first. That's what I'm saying. And um, and also like the whole thing in in the middle of the fourth season like before they get together when they have the kiss and then Derek is like oh I'm back with Meredith and she's like that's fine and then he like kind of ignores her and she's like listen like we need to be able to work together and like be professional and be cool and I'm fine with that but like you have to do it too so then for her to turn around and do this is like really weird to me yeah it's jarring and I actually forgot about that exact interaction too yeah, but it's like very like hypocritical in a way. I mean, obviously it is different like when you go through the actual relationship and now they have had sex and like, you know, there is the implication that they had multiple conversations where he was like, don't worry, I'm over her. But like if you have eyeballs, like, you know that he's not. So that's yeah, I'm not blaming her because I don't think it's her fault. But like, it's just like a very weird pivot that she has. Yeah. Pivot. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on Rose. Um, I, 
have to show you the promo though, because in the promo they show her saying, I'm carrying your child. Really? Yes. In the promo for like weeks leading up to the season premiere, they were like, Rose is pregnant with Derek's baby. That's and then so at the end of the promo, they show the dead Derek from the dream and voiceover with Richard saying, we will save this man. Like it's Ooh, like, uh, because I've been like kind of finding other ones and like, I haven't really sent them to you because they're not like, it's like, there's no spoilers. It's just like a pretty generic promo. So I guess maybe at this point they're like, Oh, we're getting like a really big now. We can like really fuck with people's heads. That is insane. I need to watch that after we re- we yeah. I'm gonna rewatch here. it um after we finish because I can't remember if they included anything from the second half. Um, and if they did, then we'll have to we'll wait till next episode because I don't want any spoilies. But I actually think they might have only included things from the first half. Um, but yeah, I remember them being like Rose is pregnant and us like just thinking, what the hell are they gonna do? Um. So yeah. So silly. They'll all live in Derek's house on Derek's <laughs> land. Truly. They'll build like a guest house <laughs> that, Derek, that Rose will live in. A little shed for Rose. Um, <sighs> all right. Yeah. Lexi and George. Ugh. Annoying. What a weird ass episode. But there's, I told you there's sexual tension. Yeah. I mean, but he's for sure like pivoting backwards. Um, and he's also not picking up on the sexual tension at all. This is very, very one-sided. Well, I think George is very self-involved in this episode. Well, yes, but I stand by what I said. This is very one-sided. Like, she's sniffing him. He's like, doesn't look at her ever to, like, see her existing. I don't know. She's, like, just being a friend, and I think that's really how he sees her. Like, I don't think he's in a different place at all. Well, you go from a scene where... So she does the sniffing thing, which is weird. <laughs> And she goes, I adore you, by the way, as he walks away and he he doesn't hear her. But this is where Lexi finds out that Meredith and George (laughs) slept together in the middle of leading the interns through whatever. I think this is supposed to be rounds and they're just walking through the hospital. And Christina's like, and the whole you and George sleeping together thing or whatever. And Lexi's like, oh, (laughs) you slept with George. Wow. Yeah. That's mm, that is so funny. And then she like goes to bat for George to Mark and is like, hey, you're being a bully. And Mark's like, I'll stop as long as you tell him you're in love with him or tell yeah, me Mark that you're in love with him. picks up on it fast. No, yeah. Mark says tell him. Oh, does it? I thought it was tell yeah. me. No, he's like, confess your love to him. Um, And it is interesting that there's like no repercussions for her multiple times telling him to shut up (laughs) and um then george like is like are you sleeping with sloan and she's like no are you jealous (laughs) (laughs) bizarre very very strange she's so funny though she's so funny she's very like awkward and like she feels very like almost teenager-y in like a in like a social way. Um, and then what else with her? Oh, there was I just love when Mark's like, I'm sorry, Dr. Gray. Was there something that you wanted to say to anybody in this room? <laughs> yeah. I did like that. Yeah. It's I I want them to be together, and I do predict that they're gonna get together and they're gonna they're gonna have 
the sexual relations, uh, the sexual, sexual intercourse. And I'm saying it's sexual, not sexual. Just, I did that on purpose, but it didn't give me the thing that I was, I was hoping it would sound funnier and it didn't. So I apologize, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm a fucking moron. I quit this podcast. Okay. Sexual tension. Anyways, but I hope they have, I hope they have sexual relations. I believe they will. I, I think that Mark is an ass to interns, especially George, which is weird. I like the scene where he's like, Professor Love, and he, she doesn't. But if she does, I think it will be because of Mark, which I think will be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Trying to think what else we got here. Was there anything um, we wanted to circle back on the Christina or Meredith? Like, because there was, there was a lot of, oh, I mean, obviously we have the end scene, which we'll get to here in a minute. But anything else you want to talk about before that? Um, Not with Christina and Meredith, but with Christina and like her chasing around Owen and then him stapling his own leg. And <laughs> oh, then, yeah. um, her just like when he first gets out of the ambulance, she's like hot. <laughs> I feel like they maybe should have gotten security involved and said, hey, dude, you need to stay in your room because you're causing chaos. You are like doing a lot and it's a problem. Yeah, we you aren't under any of our insurance and you're causing (laughs) problems. Your insurance expires at midnight, so you can't trade people here. She does have this funny line where Derek is like, who the hell even are you? And she's like, army surgeon badass did something crazy with a guy's throat. And I'm like, she is smitten for sure. So that's funny. But yeah, he staples his leg shut with a, without being numb. And she's like, wow, okay. And then they get really close to kissing and Callie walks in. It's like, I have a question for you. And she's like, yeah, what's up? And then she's like, no, 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 for, for this, this army guy. I got a question for this mm-hmm. army guy. Yeah. Um and... so he is a voice in the um, the movie Brave. He's the oh. voice of one of the other kings. Okay. That comes in with his son to like try and marry her. He is actually Scottish. Oh, in real okay. life. His last name is McKid. Ah, uh, yes. Not O'Leary. No, <laughs> not O'Leary. The um, only other thing I will say about Christina, which I thought was actually very annoying, is Lexi goes and says, medically speaking, how oh, long yeah. ago and what frequency did Meredith and George have sex? And Christina, like, raises her hand, like, to fake slap her, you know? That's got to be an HR violation. No, she's like, I thought she talking. was. I thought she was doing, like, the fake backhand thing. No. I felt like she was raising her hand out of violence. I don't think like, that happened. I don't know. No. That's the way I saw it. I'm going to rewatch that scene. No. There's no way. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that was a thing. But um, I don't think, I don't know if there's anything else we need to, like, touch on. It is, it's, it's worth noting that, obviously, a lot of this episode is paralleled from the limousine uh, patients with Derek and Meredith, right? So, like, yeah, I know we talked a lot about this, but I do want to make a point to circle back of, like, Meredith Meredith wants Derek to move in with her. That feels rushed. 
But we get this this one scene that I did make a note of where she's talking to Izzy and she's like, Derek is a good man. 40 years means something. And talking her off a ledge, which is nice. But then there's this, this idea that one day she's going to wake up, she's going to be miserable, and they're just going to cheat and it's going to be all for nothing. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that Meredith is saying we're to be we're going to be together for the next 40 years. I just thought that that was like something worth noting to put out because up until this point, she really couldn't see any future with Derek. And now it's jumping to 40 years later. Granted it ends with cheating or she has these death dreams, but there's a yeah. future being cultivated here. And I think that's worth noting because of the growth that we're seeing with Meredith. So yeah. I wanted to talk about that there. Um, I do like the Izzy thing where she's like, it's not about the time. It's about the man or the, like the kind of man. And then when Izzy's like talking about Alex and, and Meredith's like, Oh, are you and Alex like together? And she's like, no, I just like whatever. And then Meredith says, so do you think if you move in and then get married in 40 years, you'll be dead inside enough to cheat on him? <laughs> and Izzy just goes, wow. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny. Oh, also, Christina talked about, she said she has a PhD in biochem, and she says, I'm a double doctor. I did write that down. at number 12 hospitals, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got a little bit of clarification on that number 12 situation. Oh, and then Derek, this is, I just, like, wrote this down because it made me laugh. Um, Mark is like, you're the best plastic surgeon, neuro, you're the best neurosurgeon in the country, in the world. And Derek goes, thank you. And Mark says don't you want to say anything nice about me? And Derek says, you're the best plastics guy at Seattle grace. And Mark goes nice. And he goes, don't force me to praise you. He said it without a smile on his face though, which led me yeah. to believe that he maybe was actually annoyed in that moment, but I couldn't really <laughs> tell. No. Um, I think they have a, like a very long, long, I mean, I don't want to say how much, of their relationship have we been told like we know they were best friends yes and addison was there but like do we know like when they were best friends uh i w- i'm under the impression that it was like a like a long time from maybe not childhood but from an early adult life because okay. he at one point i think he says is that derek's the brother that he never had or something like that mm, yeah yeah so i know it's a long time uh okay well then i won't be detailing anything we will get more details on that at some point um you and god are good with that damn it i forgot about god um oh when meredith says i'm leaning into fear to get the happy ending and derek says i don't even know what that means because it because it's not good (laughs) it's not he says are you are you first of all she's like do you want to move in he's like yes are you sure you're ready great very good on him to know that like maybe she's not ready and she's just like asking but like you know he like he's like are you sure you're okay with that and then she says that and i would be like fear doesn't feel like okay (laughs) okay yeah let's read let's circle on back to that Let's put a pin in that and we'll come back to that in the episode right after this, because this needs time to marinate Meredith. Yeah, clearly. So Um, the end scene, mm -hmm. we get this scene where, where Christina basically goes off on Meredith. It is like, yep. Shut the fuck up. I'm done with the will. They won't they bullshit. That's why I don't care. 
Because yeah. in a month, this is all going to be happening again, and you're just going to be broken up. Yeah. And then she falls, and Meredith says, I'm not going to say you deserve that, but you deserve that. And, they, like, she immediately laughs, and she's like, okay, help me up. Like, they're immediately past it. And then, and then an icicle stabs her in the tum-tum. Yeah, she cannot catch a break. And also, while I was watching this, so Marlo was on the slide with Jessica over on the side, like, by the TV. Yeah. And when she gets impaled by this icicle, I yell, oh, no. <laughs> and Marlo goes, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, or she she goes she goes uh oh is what she did she didn't go uh oh I said oh no and she goes uh oh <laughs> and she's like on top of the slide just looking at me like she's so cute uh oh uh oh she's so fucking uh, cute I love her um yeah and then Meredith just is like stay here I'll go get help and then bails like do you not have a phone well we've established out? at the end of last episode that clearly no one in this universe in the Shonda universe has a phone. In times of emergency Anyways. or if they're trying to rekindle their love for someone. Yeah. Um, so I, don't, I think we touched on everything. Oh, I just want to mention um, when we find out that the woman is having the affair because she like sees the guy with the pen in his throat and is like freaking out. And then it's like, sweetheart, sweetheart. And then Meredith's like, I'll take you to your husband. And then they're like, this is not her husband. <laughs> and then. Sarah Beth comes in and is like, it's her husband. Yeah. That was awkward. Yeah. Um, also, it's never funny to joke about being pregnant. Just touch on that real quick. It's not a funny joke. Um, uh, Especially f- being malicious like that. Like yeah, being a petty, like, malicious a-hole. Yeah, it's so many reasons not to joke about it. Um, and then I just want to say with the, with the guys, they do the surgery. Vincent's in poor shape. Phil is okay, but still paralyzed. And Michael is okay, but his like, can't talk. I think we kind of touched on it, but I just wanted to make sure. Um, and then, Oh, Callie and Erica. Oh, wow. Yeah. They are so awkward. Yeah. So they had their kiss and then I guess just haven't talked at all. Which is so disappointing. Just been avoiding each other. They're like, I've been busy. Yeah, I've been busy looking at books. I've been busy looking at the internet. Like, what? Yeah, I. When you get the first scene where they make eye contact and and Han fakes the page and Callie just turns around like with the newspaper. Yeah. The thing that really frustrates me is, and I, and I was really glad that you spoke about this in the last episode about how Shauna brings in writers and people to like explain these kind of things and walk through these yeah. transitions of someone who'd be having these feelings for the first time in their life. It feels like a disservice to their character development for them to have this this follow up of mm. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I feel like you would have to be like, okay, if you've done this and now you're like, okay, well, now we're grown, do we do we date? You know, but what does that mean like for our sexuality? Because up to this point they've lived their lives um as straight women. And so they're like, okay, are we are we they're like wrestling it's like am i bisexual am i a lesbian and like not that neither of those things is okay but like when you're in your in your like late 20s or 30s as we are to believe that these women are like i feel like that's you know a different time to realize that you've already had a lot of life and 
it's just like a huge identity thing to, to be grappling with. And it involves another person. So anytime you're with that person, it's going to like force that like realization and like self self. I don't know what it would be, but I think that's why it's just awkward. Cause it's like, do we just keep kissing? Are we going to date? Like, what does this mean? I mean, just think about it as like, if it was a guy and a girl who had kissed and then like they were being awkward and avoiding each other because they didn't want to talk about what it meant. That's fair. I, I guess I just was really hoping for some, some good closure on that. And again, I know there's a part two coming, maybe we'll get it, but to think that like a week has passed or so, and there's just been this big question mark out into the universe seems like a disservice to the characters that they were trying to build up for this. Mm-hmm. That's my, saying, that's my thing. I, yeah. whatever, whether, whether they go that route or not, you know, obviously I have no, no qualms with it. You, you, we all, hopefully all the listeners know by this point that you and I both are a uh, pro LGBTQ plus community. Like it's mm-hmm. anything that they want to do and all the representation is good representation. Like, let's do this. Uh, yeah. I just would like there to be more closure for us as viewers to what's happening because again, we probably should have watched this all at once, maybe, <laughs> but that's on me and we didn't. So yeah. I'll have to wait um, a week I'll... to see what happens with Callie. And yeah. I. Um, uh, one other quote I wanted to say is at some point Meredith's talking and Christina goes, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you talk about anything else. Yeah. Also, I don't know the exact context of what this was, but I just wrote in quotes an aging princess. Oh yeah. Because, um, they're talking about the limo people and Meredith is like, they tried to save the limo, the driver's life. Like I want that's their heroic. I want to be like them. And that's when Christina goes, what an aging princess. Oh yeah. That's funny. I, I remember that scene. Yeah. Poor. We totally glossed over that guy. Yeah, flew Billy, through the he wind. Dies. They he he dies flew through the windshield. Fast. They picked him up out of the windshield. He gushes blood right before our 10 minute title card. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was dies. a long intro. I made that note as well. Like 10 minutes and eight seconds or some shit. Yeah. Because you have, like the two minute dream sequence. And then I feel like the rest of it is like a normal length, but because you yes. have that dream sequence on the front end, I think it just makes it longer. <sighs> I feel good with that. You want to rate this episode? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, it is. An, a resident. Yeah, it's a resident. It's a Same. three. Yeah, it's just it's hard three. because it's so I mean, even more than the first half of the season four finale, it's so obviously like an unfinished story and everything is just like, what is happening? Um, so, yeah, it's definitely hard um, to give this. I feel like this episode will be served better to be watched with its with its uh, companion. So next week we'll have a truer rating on what this episode is and and holds as its own. So, but yeah, it's a three. What what was yours? It was a three as well. Yeah. Resident okay. even 3.0. Yeah. And I, I don't have, I don't want to give any predictions because I don't think I have any, uh, well, no, no, I'll, I'll give predictions about the patients specifically. Yeah. I yeah, don't think I have a lot for, for the main characters, but I will say, uh, the paralyzed guy, I'm going to predict that he walks his, he's going to okay. get put on ice or whatever they decide to do. He's going to walk. He's going to be unparalyzed. <laughs> ice him on up. Ice him on up. The 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 can't speak guy, he's not going to be able to speak. He's done forever. But the wife will find out if she already hasn't that there's an affair. 
and Amnesia Girl is going full on fifty first dates, and there she never recovers. Her brain resets every thirty seconds for the rest of her life. And what about her husband? He's gonna be fine. Okay. Um, and then uh, Army Doctor. Uh, the only prediction I have right now is that him and Christine are gonna have sex. Okay. Oh, Christina. Do you have a prediction? Oh, she yeah. She has an icicle in her she, gut. She lives. She lives. <laughs> <laughs> what, what Although, about her? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, uh, what about? She uh, She has an orgasm while they have sex. Uh, <laughs> although, well, I guess. I love that for her. Everyone deserves an orgasm as long as it's consensual. I, I guess actually the sex thing doesn't make sense because she just got punctured by a giant ice cube. So she shouldn't be having sex. No, they're going to have sex. Double down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, all I was thinking was like that. What is it? Like a riddle where they're like, oh, he used an ice block and it melted. And that's why there's no murder weapon or whatever it is. Do you remember that? No. No. Okay. What's that from? Someone, someone somewhere knows. I don't know. It's just like one of the like riddles that you hear. I don't know. Do you ever um, watch that movie? There was a TV show uh, with, with. Some British, uh, Hugh, uh, not Jackman. Grant? No. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman. It was on like Hulu or Netflix. And it's all about like he, he cheats on her, but the girl dies and he like kidnaps their son. It's like a wild... It's like a legal suspense drama show. I'll have That's to. I'll crazy. Have to, yeah, I'll have to see if if I can find that name because actually I would recommend you watching it. it. It's a it's a pretty good. Yeah, that does sound like up my alley. So yeah, and it's like a six. It's like a six episode show. Like it's a quick mini series. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Let me know what that is. I will. Um. Okay. So I think that's it for um this episode. We will be back next episode. Um, to actually understand what the fuck is happening. And <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Um, make sure you follow us and leave us a rating or a review. And if you see Carmen walking down the street. Do not spoil part two of this for us or for me. Uh, no spoilies ever. We appreciate all of your listening. And we will see you all in the next one.